From the EPR Creation Studio, this is the Unconquered Podcast. I'm Jason Staples. We're going to be talking Florida, Florida State. A little preview before the game starts. Uh, yeah, wow. Oh, dang it. I've got the uh, UCLA, Florida State soccer game on in the background, and UCLA just scored to go up 2 nothing. And uh, so far, I've looked pretty significantly better than Florida State. Um, all right, well, back to it. It's a heck of a play. All right. Um, yeah, so a couple things to get out of the way here before we uh, before we get fully into the uh, into the preview. First of all, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this preview because I think most people know that, uh, well, Florida should win this game. They, they really should. And uh, there's not a whole lot to report on the coaching side. Uh, so I'll actually, I'll get the coaching side stuff out of the way first. I've heard, yes, I, I keep getting messaged, I, you know, all sorts of people ask, you know, what have you, what have you got? And uh, quite honestly, not a whole lot at this point. Uh, things are quiet, which that's uh, Glenn Sugiyama's calling card is no leaks during a co- coaching search. And there've been very few leaks so far once they moved on uh, past Bob Stoops and the uh, uh, Florida State administrators basically stopped talking. But I, I've gotten word on a couple things from, from different people but nothing from sources that I regard as un- unimpeachable, nothing from good enough confirmation to be able to report anything. And quite frankly, I don't want to endanger this search by putting up, putting stuff out that's rumor mill stuff. So we're just going to ride with it and wait with everybody else at this point and see what the, what the results are. I know Florida State is hoping to have this all wrapped up very shortly after the Florida game, and we'll see if they're able to do that. There are reasons for hope and also some reasons to to doubt whether or not Florida State is really able to get one of the A-list people that they're trying to get on campus to accept the job. Not because the job is not regarded as one of the best in college football, which it is, but because of all the other stuff surrounding the situation and uh, what, what those what the proclivities of the various people that they're interested in and may or may not have offered uh, are. So we'll just leave it at that. There's not really a whole lot to report, and we'll we'll find out along with everybody else perhaps early next week if Florida State gets what they, what they want out of this. Now, before I move into the Florida preview itself, I want to thank my first sponsor. That's EPR Creations. EPR Creations partners with small businesses for website development and online strategy planning. If you need any sort of improved internet presence or want to improve your marketing, call EPR Creations. Let them know you heard about them from the Unconquered Podcast. And also, while you're at it, sign the petition at showthesafeties.com so that we can actually see the whole game rather than just the line of scrimmage and the quarterback and uh, you know get, get the networks to shoot things as though it's, imagine that, a modern game where there's passing and things like that that happen. So let's go ahead and get to the Florida-Florida State game. This is uh, this is something of an unpleasant breakdown because, at least for for Florida State fans, because quite frankly, Florida Florida State is not in a good position to be likely to win this game. Talking to some people around the program, one of the things that uh, that they're kind of mumbling about is you know if they just stayed with the same defense the whole way through and hadn't made the switch to the the three four when they did, then maybe they would have been able to finally get things stable but because they've essentially now run four defenses and th- four different defenses in 3 years or installed four different defenses in 3 years they're at a point where they they're just trying to get decent 
at the fundamentals and the basics of whatever they're asking these players to do. And that means that you can't spend a whole lot of time on adding wrinkles or scheming to improve a specific thing that a, that a player's uh, or that, that a player or a coach that you're, that you're facing requires. So that, that puts you at a disadvantage. And, and that's something that, uh, that they've definitely, that's definitely been discussed behind the scenes. But the question is whether they will be able to get a few things fundamentally fixed and get it to where at least when they're running a, a given coverage, they know where they're supposed to go. So we'll see. We'll see the results of that after two weeks of prep for this game, essentially, because they, they really didn't prep for, uh, for Alabama state, to be honest. So after two weeks of prep for this game, whether or not they've, they've been able to, to get some things done in a, in a way that's going to at least be able to slow down some of what Florida does. And unfortunately, a lot of what Florida does, we'll go ahead and start on the Florida offense and Florida state defensive side. A lot of what Florida does and what Florida is good at happens to be a bad matchup for Florida state because Florida is really, really good at intermediate passing. I mean, you, ha- you kind of have to think about Kyle Trask, the Kyle Trask led Florida offense as something pretty similar to what Virginia did. Virginia, they're, they're a team that they're not going to beat you downfield a bunch. They're not going to, uh, to threaten a, a ton with, with vertical stuff, but they're going to consistently complete a high percentage in that intermediate area. And Florida is 14th in the country with 130 passes of 10 yards or more this season. Now, if you remove the FCS game there, they're 24th in the country with 112. And that's in a lot fewer games. They've only played nine games against FBS competition. And some of those above them have played as many as 12, but, uh, but Virginia in 10 games, 105 passes over, over 10 yards. So again, that's, that's telling you something about how Florida goes about business. And then when you, when you take a look, as you get a little bit longer, their, their ranking steadily drops. They've only had seven plays over seven pass plays over 40 yards this season, which puts them down at 62nd against FBS competition. By comparison, Florida State has had 12 passes of over 40 yards. That, again, shows a little bit of a difference, almost double the number against FBS competition of pass plays over, over 40 yards compared to Florida. And it just goes to show the kind of the, the difference in terms of how these two teams approach, approach things with Trask at Florida and with what Dan Mullen wants to do. They're going to possession pass you to death. They're going to play action when they do throw downfield is going to be play action. And they're going to run the quarterback as they, as they always have. Once you put, they're going to bring Emory, uh, Emory Jones onto the field to do some of that. And, and Trask himself, not as much of a, of a rush rushing threat. You look on the year uh, he's, actually got negative rushing yardage on the year, minus 45 rush, rushing yards. But he will periodically be a threat. They'll use him a little bit, but it just goes to show he's not the kind of threat in the running game that someone like Franks is. So so you have to kind of prepare for em- Emory Jones to do his thing as a as a runner, uh, as well as you know he, the, the kid can throw. It's just a matter of him being a little immature in that regard, uh, kind of their Jordan Travis uh, in that situation. So basically the problem there is that that attacks an area of weakness that Florida state's had for multiple years now. And that's 
basic being able to cover underneath in the in that linebacker area playing tight on the outside as well but especially in the linebackers and in the uh in the, with the safeties being able to do anything against Florida throws it a ton to the tight end. I mean their leading receiver is Kyle Pitts. He's got 12 more well I'm sorry, eight more catches than than Van Jefferson, their next next highest receiver, uh, next leading receiver in terms of catches. Pitts is is the guy that they run everything through. I mean, they're going to throw a, bun- a bunch of option routes. They're going to throw a lot of uh, spacing concepts and that sort of thing. That's what they do with Pitts to get him isolated on a, on a linebacker in a zone-type coverage, and then you better be able to match up. And Florida State doesn't do a very good job of that, and this is going to be a problem for Florida State almost certainly throughout this game. The key, really, for Florida State to be able to stop Trask and to stop the, the Florida passing game here is they've got to get pressure. And the hard part about that is that when you're getting pressure, that diminishes how much you're able to match up with some of those guys on the underneath stuff because you start to bring pressure and then they they might be able to get rid of it quickly, again, underneath. So they're going to have to basically find ways. What you want to do if you're Florida State in this game is you want to play a press press coverage situation, run more of your match quarters and your uh, and and your man free type type coverage situations and play press, force them to beat you over the top. Van Jefferson definitely can do that, but you match up your best guy against him, and and basically if they're going to beat you over and over with that, you go ahead and, and tip your cap. Trevon Grimes as well. You you try to match up with probably probably put Stanford Samuels on him because of the size. Uh, you know, Jefferson only six, two compared to Grimes who's six, five, you know, the, the big, the big issue is just finding a way to press those guys on the outside and force them to beat you over the top and then get enough pressure up front to change what's going on. UCLA just scored again. This is, I, sorry to interrupt on that, but, uh, frustrated watching, watching Florida state soccer get outclassed right now. This is, um, uh, yeah. Anyway, we'll just go ahead and move, keep moving on. But uh, but anyway, what what you're basically trying to do is you try to match up on the outside, and then what I would try to do is make sure that Hamza Nasiruddin is in position to match up against their tight end, put him on the tight end side each time, and start going man to man. Put him in a position where you're either bracketing or man, going man to man, and force them to throw to someone other than Pitts force them to beat you over the top outside and, you know, maybe man free it and, and put Hamsa man up on Kyle, uh, on Kyle Pitts and see what they, see what they can do in response to that. That's, that's probably your best case scenario. And then in order to, to go with that, you you're basically, you bring five men, five men on the, on the rush frequently, because if you look at what Kyle Trask has done on the year, I'm looking at his PFF, and it's pro football focus ratings here. And when he's not under pressure, his passer, his passing grade is 87.6, which means if you're letting him play seven on seven back there, the guy's going to carve you up and that's not good. If you're just going to try to cover, he's going to throw, you look at his intermediate uh, ratings and all of that. Anything twenty yards down the field and under, and actually even down the field, he's pretty good. He's just thrown a couple picks between the numbers down the field, but his 
completion percentage, you look at 18 for 20, 10, below 10 yards down the field to the left, 40 of 59 down the middle within 10 yards, and 16 of 20 within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage to the right. These are really, really accurate numbers there. But everything changes as soon as he gets pressured. Again, when he's not under pressure, a passer, a passer grade of 87.6. When he's under pressure, 29.7. So really, to me, Florida State's key here is find a way to get Kyle Trask under pressure over and over and over again without overexposing yourself to some of the short, short stuff that they like to do. So the good thing is that that allows you, you can, you can pressure while bringing extra guys in to try to stop the, to try to stop the run and stop the run and the pass all at once in that, in that regard, if you're able to, if you're able to, uh, to pressure Trask. So that's, that's the critical thing. If you can stop what, uh, what, what they're doing on the first down run, and they're not going to run it as much as, as Dan Mullen teams have in the past. But if you can if you can bring that extra guy into the box, and again, I think bring Hamsa Nasiruddin down just to try to get him isolated on that tight end, and that also puts him in the box. And then basically bring your five and make sure that you're triggering downhill hard against the run. Make sure you're trying to get pressure and be willing to give up a few big plays. That's the pl- that's the game plan you've got to you've got to approach or you've got to bring against Florida. We'll see if they do it. They'll. I think they're more likely to do it with the current structure of the coaching staff than than prior to the termination of Willie Taggart. But that's their best chance. I still don't think they'll win the game. But ultimately, I think uh, I think your best your best bet if you are uh, if you're Florida State is to turn this into a big play duel and get some pressure on on Trask. He's been sacked 22 times. In uh, in the in and he hasn't even played all year, but he's been sacked 22 times. In uh, when he's been under pressure, he's thrown a couple picks. He's also had some uh, had some fumbles there. So that's what you basically have to do. You have to turn it into how much pressure can you get on Trask. That's that's really the key. So we're gonna go ahead and flip over to the other side of the football. But before I do that, I want to thank my second sponsor, and that is Louis Marquez of Keller Williams in Jacksonville, Florida. If you have any sort of real estate need, Lewis is the best in the business. If you're in the greater Jacksonville area, give him a holler. Let him know you heard about him from the Unconquered podcast. And I'm telling you, he's going to be he's going to be better at, at, at real estate than Florida State's been at football of late. So uh, so definitely give him a holler. I know uh, there's been a couple people who've been forwarded to him th- through this, and uh, really appreciate that. And uh, make sure that some others are able to find the best house possible or to list their own house. Uh, through Lewis. And again, he'll get you, he'll get you taken care of. So uh, on the flip side, if we go to Florida state on offense and Florida on defense, again, the problem here is that Florida matches up really well with what Florida state can do. Uh, They've, they've been very good at not giving up big plays in the passing game. So that's a problem because that's really what Florida state's been able to do. Uh, They've, you, you look at even again, even when they've played against be, uh, they've played against Burrow. They've played against Fromm. They've got some of those big time uh, pass attacks on. They've had them on their schedule, and they've still only allowed eleven completions of thirty yards or more this season. That's that's eighteenth in the country. That's pretty good, and that's what Florida State's depended on this year. 
So that's that's a problem if you're if you're trying if you're hoping for this to be a good matchup. They've not been they've not given up what Florida State has depended on. And then beyond that, they've been even better than that against the run. And obviously, Florida State depends on big play passing down the field and Cam Akers. Akers has been the uh, the, stir- the straw that stirs the drink for Florida State all year, despite the limitations on the offensive line. And, you know, quite frankly, you look at what Florida's done, and it doesn't give you the warm and fuzzies about what to expect against against Florida State and Akers. I mean, you look at their rush defense. They played some good run, uh, run running offenses, rushing offenses. Georgia averaged 3.22 yards per carry against him. That's not good. Auburn averaged 3.65 yards per carry against him. Miami, 2.42 yards per carry against Florida. And then the last two games, and they're about to get even more healthy. They're, they're getting a couple, a couple of their best guys in the front seven back for this game. Last, the last two games, Vandy, 1.28. Vandy's terrible. Missouri, though, can run the football, and that's 1.79 yards, yards per carry against, against, uh, against Missouri. They're giving up 3.31 yards per carry on the season. Uh, that's that's not good. Uh, that, that, again, that's what Florida State's depending on. The two games where they get they gave up any sort of r- rush yardage at all was LSU, where they gave up nine yards per carry. But again, that's LSU, and they were loaded up to try to stop Joe Burrow, and that's not really comparable. And South Carolina, five point oh five yards per carry. And South Carolina is a little bit more comparable, but South Carolina is pretty good up front, and Florida State is not. So at the end of the day. You, you don't expect Florida State to have a bunch of success in the running game uh, on in this game. You're going to have to find some ways to to be creative. And I know Florida State will have some wrinkles uh, in play. They're going to have some ways planned to try to get a cheap one here or there. But if that's what you're depending on to win a game, that that doesn't usually bode very well. And again, this is this is where. Florida matches up really well with what Florida State does. If, if Florida State's going to win this game, they're going to have to to get some wins in some areas where Florida's actually where they're best. Where you know they're going to have to beat Florida at their best. And this is this is going to be you know Terry is probably going to get matched up with one of the uh, one of the best corners in the country. That's C.J. Henderson, and Henderson basically has been a lockdown guy all year. He actually was good again against LSU's elite crew of wide receivers. So Terry's going to have to get a couple wins there. They're going to have to find some space with the with the slots against what Florida does underneath. And in order to do that, they're going to have to be able to block Florida. And Florida, you look at what they did to, to Miami, what, nine sacks or is it 10 sacks against Miami? That's not, again, ideal for for the matchup there against uh against Florida State looking at it here yeah they had 10 sacks against Miami and yeah a lot of that was holding on to the football too long but again they've got the they've got the kind of defensive line that has given Florida State problems all year and I I just don't think Florida State's going to be able to block them especially well so if they're going to be able to have some success in this game to me I think it's probably going to depend on a couple of cheap ones can they find a way to you know Put a hook and ladder in there, or you know, do something where that's unexpected early to try to get uh, to get a play and and maybe give yourself some momentum, and uh, you know maybe maybe uh, if you're struggling to to block later on and you're having trouble def- uh, protecting your quarterback, maybe bring Jordan Travis in and try to run some 
read option. Maybe you maybe you throw some throw some with him in there if they're really selling out to stop some of that stuff. Just try to find some ways to to zig when they're expecting you to zag and and take advantage of maybe a bust here or there. That's that's really your best bet. But this is not ultimately a good matchup for Florida State. It's just not. Not at this stage of the year. Probably wouldn't have been at any point in the year. But ultimately, they're, what, what Florida does happens to be lined up well against what Florida State struggles struggles most with and where Florida State has some strength that's right into Florida's, uh, right into the teeth of what Florida, Florida does best. So that's not exactly how you want things to go. So before we move into the uh, expectations part of the show, I'm going to go ahead and thank my third sponsor. That's Garage Makeovers, top rated garage remodeling company in South Florida, according to Home Advisor and Angie's List. If you need anything done in your garage, give them a holler at Garage Makeovers for all of your shelving, storage, organizational needs, polyaspartic flooring. Can't forget the polyaspartic flooring. Let them know you heard about them from the Unconquered podcast. Now, uh, when thinking about prediction time here, you know, I think this this is a game where Florida is is the better team. The question is going to be how well Florida can, how well Florida State is able to get some pressure on Trask, and how well they're able to protect their own quarterback. And I don't think that either one is really going to go as well as what what you'd like. So uh, I do think Florida State will probably get a cheapie here, one or two, one or two cheapies that will keep this game competitive for longer than it might have been otherwise. I, I think Bryles will have a good plan uh, dialed up in this one. But ultimately, I'm going to go with uh, Florida holds Florida State to under five yards per play. I'd say under 4.5 yards per play, somewhere around that 4.5-yard range. And I'm going to expect that Florida State uh, gives up around 5.5 yards per play, so about a one-yard-per-play difference. And I think that ultimately comes out to about a 10-point, about a, uh, maybe 14-point Florida lead. And the thing is, that could get worse because you know Mullen's going to try to uh, run that score up and, and take advantage of every bit of weakness that Florida State has in order to uh, make a point for recruiting. So uh, let's say uh, this game winds up something like uh, Florida 34, Florida State 17. So that's going to do it for us here. I will be back, as always, for the hot takes episode after the Florida game. But before uh, uh, before I get out of here, I do want to thank those supporters over at Patreon. At the above, at above the bleach numbers level, that's Keith Cheney, Casey Kidd, Chris Chartrand, Andrew Garrett, Brian Leninger, Travis Smith, and Burt Bertoldi. This has been the Unconquered Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Staples. Thanks for listening. I made this.